That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Doing our first YouTube live in a while. It's been a long while, I might say. We're going to test this out, see how that works out tonight. Always fun to go live, take some questions and comments if anyone hops on. Today we have my buddy Nick Rucker back on the show. He's been on a couple of times, episode 352, I think was the latest one. Uh, Nick is a United States Army veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. He's also a country music writer and musician based out of Omaha, Nebraska. You can check Nick's music out at nickruckercountry.com. You can follow him on Instagram, at ruckcountry. We're going to get to Nick in just a minute. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can follow us on Instagram, at thatsoberguypodcast. Uh, Join us on Locals. We have an amazing men's uh, local Sober Guy support group. You can help support us on there. It's kind of like Instagram meets Patreon. And... uh, Help you stay accountable, have some fun in the process, and uh, the community continues to grow each day. So shout out to all the locals, folks, my dudes out there. Love you guys. Appreciate the support and the community we're building together. And I'd love to have you join right now. If you're not already in there, you can download the locals app or you can go to thatsoberguypodcast.locals.com. And uh, both those links are in the show notes. And then if you're looking for a meeting, uh, my, my buddy Static and I, we host a meeting called Spiritual Armor every Monday on the Clubhouse platform at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, we also have a list of other online meetings for you if you go over to thatsoberguy.com slash meetings, and you can check those out there. And once again, all the links from today will be in the show notes, so you can check those out. And uh, let me just cancel this out here and bring my screen back up. Nick Rucker. Back on the podcast hey. today. What's up, man? How are you, dude? Hey, what's up, buddy? It's good to see you. Hey, it's good to see you, too. Um, <laughs> it's been since I was in Boise earlier this year since yeah. we did this. Yeah. That's right. Um, you were out there You were out there for work last time, I think. Now, you're not in Boise right now, right? No, no. I'll be there in two weeks again. For some nice. reason, uh, work keeps gravitating me towards Boise, Idaho. Yeah. So, um Hey, I'm okay with that. It's nice there right now. So yeah, it's uh, it is nice. We took a trip out there, and we have some friends that moved out there, uh, Nampa area, Boise, Meridian. Uh, yep. I think it was last July or maybe two Julys ago. Gosh, time flies by. We had a great time out there, man. Good, good people. Um, a lot of things to do. We were in the sun. We went in the midsummer. I think like July, so it was like a hundred degrees, man. We we did some <laughs> yeah. some river uh, playing in the river, some water slides. Checked the area out. It was a good time. Yeah. I, th- I think that's all um, All there is to do in Boise is outside stuff. So, totally. hey, that's okay. Yeah. A lot of hot, hot springs and everything else. Yep. But, uh, the the only setback for me is that I haven't have yet to be there when I'm not working. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you haven't had much time to, uh, uh, you know, hang out and kind of not work and just explore a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to look at mountains, but it's it's even better to actually drive up in, into them and yeah. enjoy them. I know. They are. Dude, because you could ski. I think there's a ski resort, from what I remember, like 30 miles or 40 miles right back behind. So, you know, summertime, you got all your water. There's actually, I don't know if you went down to the Boise River down there, but there's a spot where you can actually surf. Like, it's this, yeah, it's this man, I'm pretty sure it's a man-made area on the river. And um, it's it's like a natural, or I'd say natural, but man-made. You know what I'm saying? It's a wave, yeah. and people are down there surfing it. It's pretty pretty awesome, <laughs> man. And then in the wintertime, you can go snowboard or ski. So good spot. Right. Everybody's well, moving there, too. Yeah, you probably could all in the same day. It's kind of like yeah. uh, parts of California, I'm sure. Or, oh, yeah. Or, dude, we went to Hawaii last year, and we were at the, you know, at, at sea level yeah. and it was probably 90 degrees. And then you drive up uh, Haleakala, uh, the volcano, the shield volcano on um, Maui hmm. and you wow. get to the top and it's an observatory, of course, because there's, there's no light pollution yeah. and <clears throat> it's probably like 20 degrees. And oh, oh my wow. gosh, like talk about just like, yeah. 
Too. My nuts crawled back up into my body. Let's Bro, just say that. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I can handle the cold, but it's not my favorite, I've realized over the years. Like, I love Lake Tahoe. I mean, I grew up there as a kid going there. Um, did yeah. a lot of snow skiing, snowboarding, and I'll still do that. But, I, but for the most part, I am a much bigger fan of going to like a place like Lake Tahoe in the summertime and chilling on the lake and going paddle boarding or, you know, swimming, hanging on the beach there. Beautiful yeah. spot, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you you would probably hate Nebraska then in the wintertime. We're talking <laughs> negatives. Yeah, um, I don't know how I do this old California boy out there. It'd be a rough uh, transition for me, I think. I'd love to check it out though one day. Hopefully, I get to. How, yeah, what, you guys get tornadoes. You get what do you get out there? Like as far as uh, weather wise, I mean, just you know, pretty much the regular stuff. We get tornadoes occasionally. Um, I. Uh, I spent a long time, you know, grow up in Missouri, kind of like in that tornado alley, lived there for yeah. seven years, seven years. I had, uh, was, was, uh, around, of course, during the Joplin tornado, the F5 tornado, mm. uh, that, that wiped out pretty much all of Joplin, Missouri. And, uh, I don't, you know, it's, it's just life to me, I guess, but, yeah. uh, we, you know, we have rain and, and floods and and uh just probably like everywhere else but yeah uh, yeah we Dude. do run into situations where it gets kind of hairy <laughs> it's in in these and us california people bro we would never last in nebraska like a week because this reminded me when you said that the the wind or the rain i'm down in socal right now and in huntington beach and it rained like out of the blue or late last week it's about a week ago and it was comedy, bro. Like even myself included, everyone's out on their balconies. Like, oh, it's raining outside. Holy oh. crap! It's right because it literally it doesn't rain here. Like very, very yeah. rarely, you know. And when it does, it's still fairly warm. You know, it's not. And, and this is Southern California we're talking about too. Northern California a little different. Can get pretty yeah. cold, but yeah, man. So, anyways, we we could go ahead. Go oh, ahead. oh, I was just gonna say. So, what part of like Southern California? Um, I think I've only been to one really. Well, besides. Where, where you're from uh, uh uh what is it uh vacaville i'm from yeah, sacramento cool, bay because, area yeah yeah and so i was in that san francisco area yeah. and earlier this year um in martinez and then uh oh, yeah. then the only other time i've been down in south uh was for to go to fort fort Irwin, which is by victorville i think that's what it is oh yeah so, yeah. So yeah, that's not yeah. Uh, that's not too far. Um, I want to say it's central, kind of central. Anyways, yeah, not not too far yeah. from here. But we, we could go off the rails here. I know. I was gonna say. Yeah, so <laughs> so let me let me mention. Uh, it looks like uh, you know. And guys, welcome. There's a, there's a few of us who have logged in, or a few of you guys who logged in, or who are watching. And and uh, I think that's awesome. This is just a quick recap, kind of a test on going live and doing the podcast in a live format and see how that rolls. And I'm already having fun with it, already liking it so far. So if you guys, if anyone has questions or comments or anything, uh, feel free, man, we, we'd love to interact. And uh, we, we want you guys to be a part of the conversation as well. So um, you can, you can chat in the chat box there. And I think it pops up as, as we're kind of talking along. So, um, yep. so what, what's been up with you? Like uh, as far as work goes, I know you've been traveling a bit, um, I know trying to stay sober, obviously, and, um, you know, I know you, you've been playing some shows and stuff too. So give us a little recap, a little update on what's been up with Nick Rucker. <laughs> um, yeah. So I took a new position at work too. Um, so I'm more in a, uh, an even bigger manager role here, uh, overseeing a couple of people and in a new division for me. Um, so it's been just trying to juggle that with, with home life and, uh, still, traveling for work on yeah. a couple a couple of weeks a month and then uh the music stuff has really slowed down and i think it's because i've slowed it down and there there have been times where i kind of regret doing that but then there's other times where i get ready to load up to go play a show at a bar and i'm like god i hate doing this yeah uh, <laughs> so it's a lot of work um, it is. And I, and honestly, I'm getting to the point now where I think we even talked about it a little bit last time where I kind of lost that love and feeling yeah. um, a little bit. And I was getting back to writing more. And so to me, I think that's what's going to happen. I've just been burnt a few times here recently um, mm. by some things. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't know if I want to put up with that anymore. Um, more like what's acceptable. Um, yeah. 
et cetera. So with that, that's all kind of the, what's going on in my life. And then of course, a one-year-old is dude. trying to, trying to fit him in there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a lot, but yeah, the, uh, uh, that that's it in a nutshell, the book and stuff like that has been doing, uh, okay. It's, it's pretty yeah. doing well on the, uh, uh, PTSD awareness side of Amazon. I think I'm going to crack the top 1,000 books, uh, nice. which for me, I don't know. Maybe there's only a thousand. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? Uh, maybe that's 1,000 out of 1,001. Uh, it's yeah, but, it's super exciting though. And like I know you know that you had been working on that for quite a while, and a lot of it came. A lot of the book came from old journal entries and stuff. If I remember right, was that right? Correct. Yeah. yeah so I mean, you, you compiled a lot of that those old times and um, really revisited some of those experiences, uh, which I think is amazing. And, uh, yeah. you know, I guess just for, um, for kind of a, 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 a rundown of today's show, I had done a podcast a couple weeks ago um, and uh, it was titled, uh, let's see, where did I put it in here? Afghanistan vets have exacerbated addiction and mental health uh, symptoms. And it, it really made me think of you and just, uh, I got a couple other buddies who uh, have, are, are veterans and then also who are also in um, like the first, first responder roles, police officers, firefighters. And um, man, I know that's just such a big topic in the recovery community. When we talk about how we, how folks deal with PTSD, how they deal with um, integrating back into regular society after being in a place like Iraq, in Afghanistan, um, and you know, mental health seems to come up a lot in those aspects. And, uh, so I, I had done an article that someone sent over and I kind of mentioned you. And so, Hey, we said, let's, let's hop on a podcast and, and talk about it a little bit. Um, what's your, what's your take on, on all of that? I mean, do you, have you experienced some of that firsthand being, um, over in Iraq, Afghanistan, and then what are you kind of, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the full episode, but was some of that stuff from the article that was sent over, um, that I worked on, was that relatively accurate from the stuff that you've heard about or seen from your fellow, um, uh, soldiers and friends that are in the military? Uh, yeah, for sure, man. I felt like you were kind of speaking a lot of people's lives um, that I'm associated with and whether or not that's me, whatever the case may be. Um, the, the biggest thing I, I think I sent you a link to a, a, a an article recently too, about how the guys that aren't, weren't a part of the war and weren't, you know, shooting bullets down range and all that yeah. stuff. Um, were affected in having a greater deal of depression than the ones that were um, actually in the middle of it. And you have to look at it as like, well, that's a very larger percentage of people that were not doing a whole lot during the war. And there was a larger, smaller, very small 1% of the military that was doing a whole lot. So I would have to look and see per capita how many of that is yeah. um, regard, regardless regardless. Uh, I think we were all affected by it. And here's what I'm trying to, here's the research that I want to do and figure out is 2003, uh, 2001, 2003, ramp up period, even into 2008, whenever I joined, it was a matter of, we need bodies. We need uh, people with a pulse that can go overseas and fill this body count that we need. Yeah. Um, and so what was happening is you're going through MEPS, uh, the military and processing station, uh, with guys that are convicted felons and, mm. and et cetera, et cetera, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. And those are guys that they're sitting over there, not really doing any real proper screening. I remember I got questioned about like a credit card bill that I didn't pay one time. And it was just oh, wow. kind of like, I had to call and explain myself and I'm yeah. like, okay, I don't even remember, but any, anyway, my my question would be even to the government is like during that time, are we what percentage of people were we bringing in with pre-existing mental health conditions mm. uh, to an extreme that this would ultimately trigger it? Yeah, um, and probably add to it. So if you look at, um, I can't blame all of my you know mental health issues on just my military service because I look back to how I was raised and the the lack of father figure that I had and the father figure that I did have was very like mentally abusive uh, and verbally abusive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
I'll stop saying et cetera, et cetera. I'll also explain myself. Um, but <laughs> that reminds me um, of like George Costanza from uh, uh, what's it called? Seinfeld. Seinfeld when he said yada yada yada. I was like, and yada yada yada. That was like the ongoing joke <laughs> comedy. Sorry, yeah. man. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I, I, you know, ch- chalked it up to that, um, and you know, dealing with that all growing up, going into the military, it was kind of like. I wasn't hitting a point where it was like, oh my gosh, I need something to, from, you know, go join, go to war, or go to jail. That's one of our cadence that we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they talk about that more like during Vietnam. It's like, hey, you can either go to war or you can go to jail. It's your choice, whatever the case may be. But the fact that I was running from things um, that at the time was, let's say I had an alcohol problem then. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just two years of my life. I'd had an alcohol problem ever since the first time I remember getting blackout drunk uh, whenever I turned 21. Yeah. And so <clears throat> the simple fact that I was looking for something to get away from that, I was definitely looking for anything that would take me away from that situation. And so, yeah, I joined the military um, hoping to get that would be the answer that would change my life. I'd always heard that, you know? Um, and luckily, you know, I was mature enough that I stuck with it. That's, that was definitely, um, something that, that I'm thankful for, but the simple fact that, Hey, then it's like a year later, I find myself in Iraq and how do you, how do you process that? Because you think to, you think these guys are these guys that go over there. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you compare it to like NBA basketball players, they're the best of the best, right? Yeah. And so you would expect them to know a shitload more than you about how to play basketball, right? But you take a dipshit kid at, you know, 24 who's still trying to figure his life out and you put him in this situation, give him some training, whatever the case may be. But you go into Baghdad, Iraq, and your your perception of what it's going to be compared to well, how it is, no, nobody knows, you know, yeah. unless you've already been there. And so, so you can, don't, oh, go, go ahead. Can I, I just, I don't mean to interrupt, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm curious. Um, can you describe real quick, like what that perception versus reality is actually like for someone like me who's never been to Iraq? Right. So my perception of that, I remember back to 2003, watching on the news of guys getting blown up on mm-hmm. camera, you know, um, soldiers walking the streets of Baghdad, I uh, just, filthy and and look like they've been through 10 years of life in a year and that was my perception i thought i was going to die you know like you're definitely your your likelihood of living um compared to hey if you just stayed in the united states goes down a little bit by going overseas and (laughs) asking to be killed (laughs) yeah Uh, but my overall idea i remember getting off the plane and thinking I'm going to get shot at as soon as I get off this thing. Like oh, that's what, that's yeah. what war is like. Right. Cause we all read books. I grew up reading, uh, fallen angels, uh, James O'Brien or, uh, uh, O'Brien, Tim O'Brien's the things they carried. You just, you think of Vietnam, you think of world war two, you think that's war to, yeah. uh, to us. Yeah. And that's how you're trained. Right. Cause you're training on tactics from world war two, from tactics, from, Vietnam, every war leading up to the war you're in, because we have yet to perfect that. Uh, we haven't, we haven't lived it enough. Right. Yeah. So then 20 years goes down and we still can't fucking perfect it, but that's why people die. So um, regardless, yeah, my perception was this is going to be so, the most horrible, horrible part of, you know, year of my life and, and I'm never going to see my mom again and et cetera. And what was the reality once you, once you got there though? Was that, was that true or was that, was it partially true or was it complete opposite? Like you, what you expected? Um, it was complete opposite um, in some aspects, but yeah. then there was things that I didn't expect that happened that were startling. Let's just say that. Mm. And so just going over there and getting off the plane and you're like, Oh, well, this is the army. I'm just in Iraq. It's just, like being in Fort Riley, Kansas, except for I can't go, you know, enjoy myself in the evenings because there's no, there's nothing to go enjoy yourself doing. Um, and yeah. so really that was the, that was the big reality was like, Oh, this is, this is like a 
duty station for the next year. Okay, yeah. we'll make this work. But then the first night you get mortared and you get bombed, oh, which wow. <clears throat> and you're I remember this like like it was yesterday sitting in my bunk. I was uh, rooming roomed up with a guy named Casillas. Um, he was from somewhere in, in Texas and uh, we he had been to Iraq a couple of times. And so we were sitting there and all of a sudden I just hear boom. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Oh, wow. Uh, and so you go through training, stuff like that to prepare you for situations like this. But you're never really prepared, I guess, for those kinds of situations. And so you're just kind of like, and I freaked out. Like, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, looking at him and he's like, I'm like running for a bunker. That's, that's what you're trained to do is go to a bunker. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, Hey, Hey, calm down, man. You know, like that, that just happens. It'll go away. And I'm like, that just happened. That just, <laughs> no, it's just, just like, normal. It's like, yeah, it's, uh, like that's life now, I guess. And so, you know, that, that was kind of like one of the eye opening things is like, I'm no longer safe. Yeah. Uh, that, that for me, that was like, there is a, you know, a very small likelihood that I could get killed. And I'm not one of the guys that's going out and asking for trouble. Uh, but I'm definitely one of the guys that's sitting here and can be one of the unlucky guys that doesn't go home because yeah, wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. <clears throat> timing. Yeah. Ti- I guess yeah. timing is everything, whether it's good or bad. Right. To some extent. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And I, and I write about, uh, in the book, a guy named Paul Anderson from uh, Dwognak, Michigan. He he was one of those unlucky guys, and I remember that was pretty sobering for for, for me um, during the deployment, just because I was like, that could be any of us, you know. There's thousands of us over here, and the likelihood of uh, of that happening is what, is good at what, some point. What know? happened to to Paul? Can you share a little bit about that? <clears throat> Um, so what, what happens whenever somebody dies is they, the internet, everything goes blank. Um, so it, everything gets blacked out and that's because they don't want anybody putting the news out to their families before the army can put the news out to the family. Yeah. And, and so the, everything went blank. And so we were out without internet for like three days. So all of us were like pretty confused unless you're like, know somebody pretty close. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we go, um, that, that was the night that was October 1st, 2009 or 2008 when that happened. And I remember that like it was yesterday, but I was sitting in my room just like this on my computer and I was watching something and all of, I just heard boom, boom, boom. Like it was, it was pretty much back to back, um, ex- explosions and it sounded like it was coming down. So in, in, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, right. They have these things called T walls. And they're concrete walls that go around the rooms and stuff like that. So if there's uh, shrapnel that were to shoot into the uh, like if something were to explode between the rooms, there's a better chance that you survive. Got it. Um, and so what happened was that at the end of the row, like there's a very long row of rooms where these are trailer houses um, that everybody lives in. Uh, they were the mortars were coming down the line kind of they were shooting them continuously and that guy just happened to be the unlucky guy oh, damn. Um, he, and you know the stories could be what the stories are somebody said that he was on skype with his wife and the mortar went through the roof and and killed him and his wife it was just hysterical trying to figure out what happened yeah um and so wow. that's what we were told and then doing more research on who he was um, because he wasn't anybody i knew personally uh, it was just, it was just sad. You read about people yeah. and then you're, you're like, Oh man, this guy didn't deserve to die. You yeah. Know? He was just over here. He was doing his job. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, so let me, let me ask you this. Then it, it kind of back backtrack a little bit to what I had asked you before about the, the perception of war, the perception of, of what's going on uh, versus the reality of it. Do you like, what is your take and maybe help me understand and maybe help some, whoever happens to listen to this. We live in this, um, this time right now 
when everything is so polarized between media, social media, um, everyone has an opinion, um, this constant just bombardment of news and media, and you don't even know what's real and what's fake anymore. Um, right. Like wh- how, how accurate do you, do you feel like it's still pretty accurate to say that a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we, that we see, it's so hard to tell like what, if it's, if it's actually real or if it's not, unless you're actually there and experience it firsthand, you know, like it's just, it's a, um, it's a really strange time that we live in and I find it harder and harder to engage in any of that because you really just don't know if you haven't experienced it yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, that, that's pretty, in, in one thing, and to reference the, the Marines, the soldier and the, the Navy corpsman that died recently, you know, the 13 that died. Yeah. Um, my problem with that was, was for one, why we pulled out of Afghanistan like we did. Um, we All of us that have been in the military or are in the military currently know the process for leaving anywhere. Um, yeah. And so my that, that was the questions that I was asking was, was like, how did this all go down? Like, were we just not filled in? Like, you know, trying to get in contact with guys that I knew that were over there um, and just, hey, what, what was going on? You know, ask the yeah. simple questions. Um, but then we go to the simple fact that Hey, now we have to send more people back um, because we made a bad decision, yeah. and now now we feel bad because we're in a, uh, a social media realm of our lives where hey, you can't hide that nothing's going on in Afghanistan now, you know, yeah. like yeah. because you go on Twitter and the Taliban's posting like, hey, we're killing guys, so thank good job, America, uh, we're wearing <laughs> your shit and we're <laughs> driving your. Tanks and Humvees yeah. and like, yeah, yeah. dude, it's so, crazy. So dumb. Um, and then, you know, the, these, then we go to those kids get killed. All kids, right? So yeah. I think the oldest one was maybe 30. That's, to me, still a kid, I, I feel like, you know. Um, Absolutely. In the in the military, at least. And so the my, my problem with that was, hey, we've had 20 years of war. There are guys that have been in the military for 20 years um, that are getting ready to retire that would have gladly raised their hand and said, hey, I will go back there yeah. uh, to make to make sure everything is safe because, hey, I've been there six times. So let's send in the guys that know what they're doing. Yeah, Let's not send in some kid from Nebraska who died um, from Omaha that he's 18 years old yeah. and he's got years and years and years of life ahead of him, you know? It- and he's fairly, and, and I'm not, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but like inexperienced compared to a guy who's been there six times. He's not, you're just, it's impossible. You're not going to know. Just like you said, when you first got there, you didn't know what to expect. He probably didn't right. know what the hell to expect either. You know what I mean? Just doing, do, trying to do his job. Right. Um, yeah. You're told one thing and then it's another. Right. Yeah. So um, you're, you're, you go in there expecting the wild west and you kind of run into Walmart <laughs> along the way. Um, and so that's, I think those, those kids, um, unfortunately were probably, you know, just naive and, and in there and like just trying to do the right thing and felt yeah. like that was the right thing to do. And, you know, it's, it's sad. It's too yeah. bad that it had to be that way. But um, <clears throat> that is, honestly the nature of the beast it's it, it is what it is and yeah. that's how how it kind of goes down and people like myself sit here with the knowledge of being in the military and say we could have done better um and then people outside of the military you know like that don't understand it and they maybe just kind of see it as like oh that's just war that's what happens you know yeah and um <clears throat> the right questions probably aren't getting asked and now it's all swept under the rug. I haven't heard anything about it in a few weeks. So yeah. the, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to compare apples to apples, but there's other things going on in the United States that like this should have taken precedence over precedence over uh, rather yeah. than, Oh, here's another thing that's just going on and that'll yeah. be gone in a week. And we'll be back to our lives on TikTok and, yeah. and Instagram and, Bullshit. They have, so, keep, they have to keep it flooded and keep us constantly on the new cycle, you know, on the what's the new thing, you know. So yeah. it's, a, and that's kind of what I was getting at before, like with the polarization of everything and just this constant fear. Like I always say, we don't, you know, we, we really have a, a, a two, two pandemics, in my opinion. 
Uh, well, we have a couple. We have addiction and alcoholism, which is the basis of this show. We also have fear pandemics, and we also have a victimhood pandemic. So just combine all those three together. You got a melting pot of like just complete shit show, you know? And that's, and two real quick, that, that's actually uh, to, just so I don't forget, that article that I talked about two weeks ago that I mentioned to you, that's kind of what the basis of the article was about. Kind of what you were touching on is, you know, the situation in Afghanistan and veterans and then active duty over there and everybody seeing what's happening, 20 years of work kind of down, down, down the tubes and lives lost and, and uh, endless amounts of, of um, resources and, and money and all, you know, just, just a, a, a crazy time. And, so many are pissed off by it to put it bluntly you know and and yeah. frustrated and um you know they don't i think confused too i think to some extent like what like what what the hell is going on you know and so that i think that 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 could lead to um we talk about more addiction mental health um suicides all of that stuff combined it's like how do you deal with a lot of this stuff are are you seeing that too in that in, in kind of the your circle like just people kind of kind of upset like what the hell man what are, what are we going to do yeah man um i've got a, a a private group on facebook that i just kind of hang out and chat with buddies that i've been in the military with and you know there was we make fun of it at times and all the situations and that's just the military way of dealing with things and i think that's just a man a guy way of dealing Absolutely. with things. Hey, let's, let's make jokes about it. So yeah. it's just who we are. And um, we're all asking the same questions, you know, in, in our own little way is what the fuck? Like, and, and why aren't they sending guys that know what they're doing? Yeah. And so even with, you know, got a lot of my friends that are in the military, they don't have to say anything. They don't even have to call me or anything like that, but you see certain things they post and you're like, Oh, that's a pattern that I went through at one point. Um, or talk about, you're just kind of like, man, there's that irrationale, um, coming, coming out. That's, that's because of drinking or, or using or whatever the case may be. And, you know, and I texted you a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and just whenever we were talking about this and I said, man, I'm going through a low point, you know, like, and I didn't think that I would hit that but I was questioning, like, am I a good person? Like, am I doing the right thing? Wow. The, the overwhelming feeling of like drinking was like creeping back in. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, I remember the last time this started to happen. That was like, I need to get to a meeting like now, um, because I need to be around people that are thinking the same way I am. Yeah. Cause obviously I'm being conditioned to think that it's okay to drink again. And I need to get away from that. Um, and that's what social media does. That's what every, everywhere that I associate with even, it's like, oh yeah, you can drink. It's just, I never had a problem with it. And it's like, everybody has a problem with it. I'm sorry. But. <laughs> I know. It does that yeah. though too. I mean, I, I have those thoughts at times, like I have eight years without alcohol and there yeah. are times when I think like, huh, I wonder if I would be able to have a beer, you know, still and, and just have one, you know, and, and, yeah. and be able to control it. And I think that, I think the good thing about that is that I'm able to recognize the thought and not try to stuff it down and like share it like right now, share it with you, share it on the podcast. And I don't, I don't try to deny that I have those thoughts because I think that's for me, at least when I could get myself in trouble. Like I used to do that in the beginning, like why, why are you having those thoughts? Like you shouldn't be thinking that you can't drink, you know? And that's true. I don't, I don't want to drink, but like it's, I think it's pretty natural. And especially when we're stressed out too, like I've said plenty of times, like, man, I just wish I could numb out right now. And I don't, but that's just how I feel in the moment. I'm not going to do that, but I'll call yeah. someone or I'll talk about it. And just like you told me that day, you texted me, man, it's kind of rough right now. I think I said, dude, you need a chat? Like all good, hit me up, whatever. And you know, we, we planned on doing this, but a lot of guys, maybe they don't have that or they don't know, they don't know to yeah. do that. So it's like, yeah. how do we convey that message to them that like, it's okay to reach out for help. There's no weakness in, um, you know, asking or, or, or admitting, you know, there's actually strength in it. Yeah, for sure. And I think recently too, there was a, somebody who, who reached out to me and saying like, Hey, I'm having this issue. Um, and I'd like to get, uh, get sober and blah, blah, blah. And I see that you're, you know, you're doing all this stuff and I'm, you've heard it before you've heard it. I've heard it, you know, and you're just kind of like, well, yeah, let's meet up. I'll meet you at this park and we can chat. And then like, nobody has to know, like, yeah. You're, you're kind of like that that chick in high school that 
nobody <laughs> nobody really likes. Yeah. She'll give them the time of day. Um, oh, that's funny. And so, uh, you know, so we set that up. And then, like, you know, it, it was uh, the day before and it got canceled. And I was oh, just yeah. like, hey, I know that. I know that guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was drunk whenever I made that commitment. And then uh, <laughs> now all of a sudden it's not so good. And oh, yeah. so been there. The, there is definitely, you know, trying to convey that. Uh, to people, people, you know, and saying like guys like myself, guys like you that, you know, we struggle at times, but it's our self-talk that really that is going to bring it out of us. Like as far as like if I start saying on a consistent basis that, um, hey, this is I could use a beer right now, jokingly. Yeah. That's neuroassociative conditioning, right? You're conditioning your your body to start thinking that start those cravings up again, even mm-hmm. and say, hey, let's. That wouldn't be too bad. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the actual reality of like tasting an IPA starts coming back into the back of your mind. And you're like, man, that would be good. Um, well, that's what my brain says. Yeah. And I think that that was what what was going on. And I remember looking back at those times and thinking, man, I was sure joking around about alcohol a lot. Um, and yeah. like, what the fuck am I doing? And so obviously can't always take it completely out of your vocabulary, but like let's treat it as as what it is like i wouldn't joke about cancer with somebody so let's treat it like that yeah um, and, and, and you know what, what's funny you just reminded me too at the same time and i, I totally i'm totally vibing i'm on the same page as you with that too i think there is a coping mechanism that relates to just what you said about dudes who have either been in the military they have ptsd first responders like i mentioned earlier there's a coping mechanism of finding comedy in shit that's serious sometimes so whether it's like that like first responder ptsd type of stuff or even the ptsd that maybe we suffered because we were jackasses and made terrible decisions back in the day and we have regret and shame and that kind of stuff that we have to deal with in 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 talking about it it helps to filter some of it out and then like there's a lot of things that i look back on that were somewhat serious that i just kind of laugh about now because they were so in just it was just dumb like it was so it was so funny and just stupid at the same time that i just like otherwise i could beat myself up over it you know so it's like man let's let's find some fun in it there's no sense in everyone thinks being sober or not drinking is like lame and or at least a lot of dudes I, t- I I did at first, you know, but it's, it's really, man, it's like the best decision I ever made in my life, you know, besides my kids and wife and finding Jesus, man, that was amazing too, of course, but right. dude, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff being sober. It's not boring. Yeah, definitely not. And I, I think I use it now as a, Hey, can, how can I use what I'm doing to make other people's lives better? Um, and so, you know, being around, uh, teenage kids now, <clears throat> you can definitely see where, hey, if I had been drinking, how impressionable that would be on somebody their age. Yeah. And so that's to me kind of like pretty important, like uh, because I already have kind of a complex whenever it comes to that, just because of how I was raised as a SEP kid. Yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> there's there's a lot of, of already um, reconditioning of my brain that I have to do in order to not be a piece of shit let's just say that and so it's it's typically always on overload but i think to you know kind of come full circle with all that with the military with everything uh the the simple fact that hey it's mental health right in in general um it's it's not at some point you decided or you were in a situation where it was a high stress consistent situation where hey i don't have time to take care of myself right now i just I have to deal with this because it's, it's the life that I'm living at the moment. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. you look at, Hey, doing anything for a year straight, uh, doing anything for nine months straight, you're going to come out on the other end with some new habits that are either good or they're bad. Oh yeah. And, and we had out of the probably 112 guys, um, that went over to Iraq with us, 10 of them have committed suicide. Um, 10, 10. Yeah. Damn. And or wow. or died in certain weird ways, you know. Yeah. There was, it was there was some questionable stuff. Or one in prison for shooting a guy. Like there's just Damn. to me, that's where my question went back to. Hey, um, 
what what was the mental health stats like whenever we were you know did we do good mental health uh, checks yeah. whenever we were bringing guys in how could you like i would have lied to get into the military so yeah um you got to think that everybody else is too right yeah 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 so in other words there may be some some pre um you know, uh, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, but pre-issues before coming in. And if you're not screening properly um, and, and those issues don't come out or they're just blatantly not, you know, being truthful about it, you add on a high stress, high, you know, um, situation where there's a lot of things going on and that just adds to it. And then yeah. go back home and man, it's like a time bomb waiting to go off, you know? Right. Yeah. They, you know, you, you just call, I call it mental health debt. So oh, I'm just going good. into debt, yeah. debt yeah. more and more. And so, you know how it is with money, you know, you get too far behind all of a sudden it just feels like I'm never going to get out of this. And oh, yeah. so you just keep spending more to feel better because that's already the bad habit. So what do I do? I just keep not fixing it more uh, to, uh, to just, Hopefully it just goes away if I ignore it long enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll just not think about it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, st I would say to somebody that is even trying to get to better themselves now, that's a veteran or um, is having issues with like what's going on in Afghanistan or has recently, it's, it's going to do you a debt of gratitude to get in and talk to someone um, I see, I see a civilian, uh, mental health professional and, you know, just going in and talking once a month, even it has helped me a great deal because it's just somebody that's not in my life on a yeah. regular basis that I can go in and be like, and then this happened. And then what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah, just dump <laughs> it, just dump it out. You know, where's my dad? That's <laughs> <laughs> good. So that, yeah, to me personally, that, that helps a lot. It just has somebody that's, you know, not, not in the situation can shoot it to you straight and say, Hey, you're right. Or you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, but don't go in there being manipulative because they'll figure it out too. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I still talk to a counselor who, and Jess and I, my, my wife have both done you know, quite a few different session sessions with a couple of different counselors that like marriage, marriage counseling therapy. And then I still see, I still see one myself occasionally who I uh, started to see right when I got sober, actually, she kind of helped me through that process and she's, she's awesome. But in it, what's funny is you hit it on the head. A lot of the time when I meet with her, she barely talks. It's my ass doing all the talking. I'm like <laughs> dumping everything. And then all she really does is like, ask me a question to prompt it. And so I finally like realized after a while, I'm like, man, this is like therapeutic. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not so much that I'm in there trying to figure out the answers. I'm, I mean, it takes time. You're not going to get, you know, not going to fix it overnight, but like just yeah. the fact of being able to dump it and like let it out. And that's what a lot of dudes go to meetings for, right? We go to meetings so we can talk, so we can fellowship, so we can get plugged in and just relate to other people who have been through maybe some of the things that are similar to what we've been through because isolation is the worst. And for me, that's what this shit did is it isolated me for, for especially the last couple of years. And, um, it, you know, some people don't come back from it. So if you got right. questions or comments mm -hmm. too, I know there's a couple of us in here. I, it's weird. I can't see who's in here. Um, yeah. and I'm still trying to learn this, this interface, but, uh, seems to be working. Okay. But if you do have questions, comments, feel free to drop them in the box and um, we'll get to, we got about, we got about 10, 15 minutes left. Um, what, what else, man, anything else you want to bring up or, uh, or kind of jump on? Yes. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking in referring back to, even if somebody is, um, in that kind of like, uh, period of, of, uh, you know, I guess purgatory, um, or whatever you want to call it and saying like, I don't know whether I want to get good or get better or if I want to just go back to the old ways because this is a shit show that we're living right now. Yeah. Um, and so I would say to you, um, somebody that's, you know, sitting there on the fence, find something that's going to give you a reason not to, for one. Um, and for me, that's even like if you have kids, it's easy to sit there and say, hey, if my kid got hurt right now, do I want to be 
drunk and not be able to yeah. handle something that was going on. Um, or um, do I want to be in a situation where, you know, society starts going to shit and I've got to get over a drinking problem in the process of trying to defend yeah. myself and my family. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't want to be that be the thing that's more, you know, interesting for me than actually doing what my job is to do, you know, is, yeah. is to, to take care of my family. And so that keeps me pretty much grounded as far as like, all right, dipshit. Like you can't, you're not going to go out and buy beer and like, and get drunk because this would happen, this would happen, this would happen. And that, yeah. you know, in that sequence of events. Uh, so looking at somebody um, and saying that, I mean, I, I think you would probably agree. Those are some pretty good, pretty good things to. Oh, yeah. Th that even you, I know you're all about God and family and like taking care of kids, both of those things. Um, and so I'm sure you agree with that. I, I, absolutely. I, I think that you, you make a really good point in finding your why. Like we're all looking for a why. So why? And I just was working with the, with the dude who reached out recently. Um, and I've just been keeping in contact with him. He, I think he has seven or eight days now. And, um, I was trying to explain that to him, like, and, and give him examples. Like, well, you know, here's your why, here's why you, you don't want to go drink today. You know, I'm not, you're not going to force anybody to do anything, but I think by helping to suggest that, and when we can find that, you know, it helps, but we also got to do it for ourselves too. I know I had to do it for me, even though that sounds yeah. kind of selfish. Like I think it's a good type of selfish where I know that if I'm not my best self and if I'm not spiritually fit, mentally fit, um, fit, even physically fit, you know, I think my, my camera may have just uh, pop, popped out there for a minute, but hopefully the audio is still going. Is it in there? Can you still hear me? Nick, can you still hear me? Uh-oh. Huh. Well, shoot. Let's see if I can remove this. Um, so, uh, here we go. <laughs> Did it come back up? He's, he's coming back. It's loading. Okay. Can you hear me, Nick? So, yeah, just uh, to reiterate kind of what what Shane was even talking about was the importance of <clears throat> of getting those that why uh, if you even if you look at say you're going to buy something right um, you look at the vehicle you're gonna buy and you write down oh I want a uh, Ford Raptor <clears throat> whatever the case may be well you write down your why why do i want it well it will help me haul stuff uh i do a lot of that it'll help me get uh things done more around the house whatever the case may be <clears throat> and all of a sudden that why turns into the reason why you get the truck or the reason why um, something else happens and so that's where i believe it's uh, pretty important to come up with that that, that why for yourself uh, because it's going to give you that fuel to to keep going or to fix what the problem is. Okay, did that work? There we go. That works. Shoot, there man, is. good job T taking taking the lead. I like it, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> I actually had to. I actually had to turn. I, I had to like roll the dice and. I was like, okay, because it was a weak signal. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to have to do it. I had to click off my my uh, my internet and then click it back on real quick. And it actually stayed on still. So that's good. So um, nice. any case, yes. Um, thank you for picking that up. And uh, let's, uh, let's yeah. we, a quick, quick time check here. We got about, about eight minutes um, before we wrap up, okay. but. I like that advice, man. Just staying connected, um, finding your why, um, getting plugged in. Like I know that uh, one of the things that we do, I'll put this little uh, the little ticker up right now. We have a men. Are you in this group, by the way? Are you in the locals group, dude? You got to jump in if you're not. I'll make you a, uh, ad, an admin in no, there. Yeah, I pretty sure I, I follow you on locals. I haven't used the app for a little bit, but uh, I 
there's so many different apps and I'm always I trying know. to like, how does this one work? And how yeah. does this one work? And I'm just like, Dude. you know, I have, you wear these watches and these are things of the devil um, <laughs> because it's just like, burr, 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 and I'm like, yeah, I, I took, I took it off yesterday and put it in my drawer. Cause I was just like, I can't get anything done. Oh, you I get all your alerts on there. Yeah. I see. I had like on, I'm on clubhouse too, for the Monday meeting we do. And um, I had to turn the alerts off on that. I, I turned them off on Telegram. I turn them off on Instagram. Um, I, I have the the icon on local so I can see when it when when it pops up, but it doesn't alert me because same thing, dude. It was just like it's overwhelming. You're just constantly boom, boom, boom. Um, yeah. But dude, I would love for you. I'll make you an admin in there, um, and and you can uh, you can have a um, a little spot in the locals men's group. It'd be great to get you in there. I think we have. There's over like 400 people in there, but I've started to kind of shift it to just trying to make it like a men's group, like just a men's yeah. community where we're holding each other accountable, responsible, having some fun. We're able to reach out and ask for help and just connect with each other and stuff too. So you you, yeah. uh, you see it on the ticker below there. Um, and anybody out there listening, if you're just listening on the audio version today, you can just go to that sober guy uh, podcast.locals.com. You can download the app in either, uh, the Google store or iTunes store too, but it's a good little spot to, uh, stay connected. Yeah. And you'll definitely have to shoot me the stuff to your meeting, to your Monday meetings. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, I think that would benefit from that. Just, uh, something to look for. I'm usually on the road on Mondays, so that's perfect. Perfect yeah. time. I always get some peace and quiet. So have you, have you been on clubhouse at all? No, no, Dude. this is, I, I hear you talk about these things all the time and then I'll randomly be doing something. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey. <laughs> it's like, I forgot to close the garage door. That's like, Dude. that's what it's, I, I, I feel you. Shame. Uh, well, well, there's so <laughs> many platforms too, like you mentioned. And I, my buddy static actually introduced me to, uh, to clubhouse. Just, I think we started this meeting three, four months ago. Maybe, or maybe it's been five now. Um, but man, it's really an awesome platform. And it's all audio. So you create a little profile, right? And then like Static and I, we host a, a, a room called Spiritual Clubhouse on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, it's not it's not 12 step related directly, but it, there's a lot of 12 step people that come in to the meeting. There's a lot of people just looking, um, you know, that just have some experience in recovery and um, we help facilitate it. And then what you do is you, you, you get a call and it's only audio. It's, it's, there's no video involved in it. And so, yeah. um, there's a lot of, and, there, and there's all kinds of topics too. It's not just a recovery platform. There's business, there's, um, book writers clubs. I mean, there's all kind of cooking, anything you could think of. People have a room in there where there's people yeah. joining in, in a live meeting setting and sharing, um, you know, different, uh, ways they do things, sharing experience, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, you should yeah. check it out and hop in one Monday, even if you're just multitasking, you can just sit and, and listen in almost like a podcast while you're, uh, while you're getting stuff done. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've been looking for something like that in general, and I've thought about starting one too for veterans groups. You should dude. That's uh, a great <clears throat> idea. That's a great uh, idea. And that's, that's more because it'd be like, Hey, you know, if you are looking for somewhere to go, here's yeah. where you can go, where it's kind of a safe, safe place, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, so that would be, yeah, something I'm just trying to find the bandwidth. Totally. I can handle, only handle so much. And then you throw other yeah. things and you're just kind of like, I need to just get better at managing my time and everything will be <laughs> yeah. okay. You and me both. And I, so, <laughs> so not to add more, but I just will, will take away with this. Um, I, uh, st and static and I talked a little bit about, um, about, about you in particular, and then about he's, he's really an advocate for veterans and, you know, has, has family who served. Um, and I try to help out as much as I can on the show is, um, is given, uh, resources to, you know, veterans, first responders, all that. Maybe that's something offline we can chat about a little bit more. Um, is getting you involved in, in what, we, what we've been talking about, because I, I love supporting static love supporting. Um, but we also can't speak from firsthand experience. Like you can, you can speak directly from that to veterans, to active duty people. And we would love to kind of do something maybe along those lines to, to provide some, um, you know, some other platforms. So we can oh, talk for about sure. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me to come into something that's already kind of established would be better for me. Yeah. Um, just cause 
<laughs> I, you know, I've, I've tried to get these things going and all that, but yeah, definitely for sure. I'd love that. Why don't, why don't we start with this and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out uh, to static and let him know. But if you're interested, sometimes we have guests come on and speak and they kind of lead off the meeting. Maybe you can yeah. do that in, in the next couple of weeks or something on a Monday, we'll get you plugged in on there and then you can, yeah. we'll, we'll have whatever topic probably be something veteran related and then um, and, and spiritual armor, of course. And then you can, you can share a bit if you're up for it. Yeah. Next, I'm cool. good next Monday. So let's okay. do it. All right. Yep. Well, let's, uh, it, it might, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get some dates together. Or, yeah. Or whatever. I'll yeah. get some dates together and then, uh, and then we'll figure it out. But, um, looks like Greg said, shout out from the eight, three, one, eight, three, one, right on Greg. And then, uh, Jay, what's up, Jay? I know Jay from, uh, from our locals community. He said, uh, it's awesome. I always get great feedback when I post on there and it feels good to share feedback with other fellows on there. Um, yeah, I, Jay, how many, how many days you got Jay? I think Jay's got like at least 40 days or something, 45. Oh, I don't know shit. if I'm guessing. Yeah, dude, he's, he's doing good, dude. There's a few dudes in there that are, that are doing awesome and just staying sober and trying to stay connected. So appreciate you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm downloading locals now because if I don't, I'll forget. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> just another, th just turn your alerts off or just do like the icons and then, then it's not so overwhelming. And then you can yeah. just check it when you, when you remember, but yeah, for so sure. let's, uh, we got a couple of minutes, man. Let's, let's start to wrap up, man. Anything you want to add in? And I just, I appreciate you coming on today and just hanging out and checking the, Oh, Jay's got 65, by the way, dude, congrats, bro. That's yeah. badass. Good stuff, Close man. 69. <laughs> 69. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that just that reminded hey, it, it, Isn't it funny though? And, and Jay, if you're listening, um, uh, as it goes on even farther after like the third year, you're just kind of like, how many years was that? Uh, one, two. Okay. We're on rear yeah. three now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, you just kind of lose track because it just gets behind you. Um, yeah. And then there are days where you're like, Oh shit. How many days was that again? Because, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you'll, you'll, you'll know once you get up to that one year mark and past, you're kind of, uh, it becomes a, yeah. There's no finish, you know, there's no finish line in this, right? It's just yeah. more of a like, it's just a constant work um, every single day. And I think even just wrapping that up, hey, man, Jake, congrats. That's awesome that you've got 65 days because there's a lot of people that can't get past two days. So yeah, um, it says a lot. <clears throat> just stick with it. And I know if you know Shane and you're in that locals group and all that, there's there's a lot of good people out there that are willing to give up their time and sacrifice their time to help you. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. That's what it's about. And Greg said 970. I'm, I'm assuming it's 970 days, maybe I'm guessing, or, or is yeah. it 970 area code? I, I don't know. I think, I think it's probably 970. So congrats on yeah. that. If that's the case, Greg. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So th thank you again for coming on, trying out this live stream thing. We'll have to do it again. It's been, it's been fun. My, my goal with this is to actually, uh, I would love to do a daily show, you know, in the morning time, like a live yeah. stream type just for an hour or something. And back to it's the bandwidth thing though, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big commitment and you know, we all got things going on and work and stuff too, but we'll see what happens. Well, man. If, if it paid, that would be better. <laughs> a little bit better. A little uh, bit, just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, to uh, yeah. a little bit of compensation there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, thanks for having me on, buddy. Um, it's always great to kind of just, uh, it's always a refresher uh, for me to come on here and, and just talk and chat with somebody who knows what's going on. I've uh, yeah. been down that road before and, you know, you're, you're about three years ahead of me, so um, I'll catch you one day. I'm just kidding. That, <laughs> <laughs> that'll never yeah. happen. Uh, but yeah, this, <clears throat> this is awesome. I really, I always appreciate yeah. it. I'm always thankful. It's always a breath of fresh air. So yeah. Well, thanks man. Thanks for coming on the podcast is good to, uh, good to connect with you again and see you um, guys. If you want to follow uh, Nick, you can get his book time cap. Um, that's, uh, in the show notes, uh, also follow him at Ruck country and then, uh, Nick Rucker country.com. And then I put the Facebook link in there as well. And the old podcast. So, uh, Nick Rucker, thanks again, man, for coming on the show, bro. Appreciate you. Thanks buddy.